Hello and welcome to the BG Podcast. My name is AJ Bingham, CEO of Bingham Group, and joining me is co-host Hannah Garcia, an associate with the firm. Welcome to the show, Hannah. Good morning, everybody. And happy Friday. It is January 27th. I can't believe the month is almost over, first part of the Q1. Um, let's kick it off. Uh, council had, or going reverse, council had their first meeting. Um, official, well, the first official meeting was when they voted for Mayor Pro Tem, but the first voting meeting with an agenda, a substantive agenda, was yesterday on the 26th. Hannah, you were there for the, the morning and I, ch- I jumped in the afternoon. I think they'd already wrapped up, but just observations overall, just from you've been a council watcher now for a number of years as a VI, just your initial thoughts in the first meeting, voting meeting. Yeah. So, um, First off, it moved really fast. Definitely got to see Mayor Kirk Watson um, flex some of his parliamentary skills. And um, you could definitely tell he was a former senator. And so that meeting, I would say, went very, very quickly. You know, you could kind of see some of the council members like frantically moving their little papers and and trying to keep up with the speed. Um, And then, of course, there were some technical difficulties that slowed him down, too. But um, I think they moved really fast and it, it led to some some great quick policy. They passed the um, child care and daycare center um, resolution that was brought up by council member Vanessa Fuentes. Mm-hmm. There was three amendments brought up that were great. They all passed. And so um, council member Chito Vela, he proposed that we completely eliminate parking requirements at um, child care and daycare centers, which I thought was extremely progressive. And I think that's great. That's what the city's trying to move towards, you know get rid of parking requirements because, you know, with Project Connect, we're moving towards, you know, better transportation that connects the city. And so I think that's a great step in a line with a lot of the other initiatives. Um, Council member Kelly brought up an amendment that would say um, we're going to prioritize uh, childcare centers that, um, or programs and provisions that provide childcare to public safety professionals. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they kind of finagled that amendment a little bit to where they said they would, um, it would be include but not limited to public safety professionals so they're definitely going to prioritize public safety professionals which i think is good just considering all the stuff that's been happening with 911 call centers Mm. um you know on new year's eve i believe they had the 15 minute wait time so it's definitely good to give those people childcare so they can work um and incentivize people taking those jobs yeah and also just i mean i think those jobs are 24 7 so there are folks Mm. who professionals are going to have to work the night shift and just recognizing their, their non-traditional out, traditional hours, but still need you know quality care. So again, we, we talked about this on last, uh, past shows, but we do, it looks like childcare and not just childcare, but uh, early child childhood learning are both big topics early in the year. Again, the mayor is, the mayor's office is formulating their early childhood, uh, early childcare task force. Um, we should expect that to be announced and, and get the get it or announced and executed next month uh, with recommendations coming back in short order, probably in 60 to 90 days after then. So um, along with council, this is, this is item 55, this is Councilwoman Fuentes' resolution. And then from that, we'll expect we'll have, we'll have an ordinance language coming back in the near, probably sometime this quarter as well on that end. So um, more to come on that, but it's, um, you know, it's, it's exciting. I think it's an area that, it's it's a piece of the overall affordability puzzle. Like my mom's a, you know, I my mom has been has had a licensed home program since I was in fifth grade, and I you know I definitely see the value in that and and just um, quality care in general, right? Not just having a place to put your kid, but where they can learn and get into that enriched enriched learning that will set them up for kindergarten and 
on the life and maybe one day having their own lobby firm. So yeah, <laughs> so that. I think one of the cool things last night or yesterday seeing the speakers um, that came from the community were dads. Um, and I thought that was really, really cool because traditionally we think of mothers as the caretakers. And so seeing it, you know, it was dads coming and saying like, we need childcare. We need it now. We need quality childcare. You know, it was really cool to see that, um, you know, dads were coming up there and, and essentially begging city council for this. So um, that was, it made me, made me very happy. Very good. And then early, early in the week, council had their first work session. And I know a big item, a big part of the discussion around then was with council committees these are, you know, so the city has citizen appointed boards and commissions. The council committee structure was set up under former mayor Steve Adler uh, in his first term um, in 2015. The idea being similar to similar or, or, or analog we have at the Texas legislature and most, most state capitals in the federal government, where you have committees around key issue areas that would take up items in discussion such that when it passed out of that committee to the full body, uh, this being full city council, that it, it, the, the idea was it to lower discussion and overall need for debate and amendments and such. Um, that was the idea. It didn't work out that way. And, you know, and it, it was something Mayor, Ad, or former Mayor Adler had worked at the Capitol for as well. He was with us. I believe he was a staffer or general counsel, staffer general counsel under Senator Elliot Shapley way back in the day. But you know that that was the intent. I think with the current council having, and what I saw your your impression of this, Hannah, that I think with the current council with with Mayor Watson coming from the Senate, with a number of members of council having uh, capital staff experience, I think that's gonna we'll get some more legs around that and and hopefully getting a more more uh, that the council committee structure will have will be able to realize what potential is supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, they um they had initial discussions about this at the work session, and so uh, definitely expect them to flesh that out some more. But just with um with the experience that they all have in the Capitol, I definitely think they want to do more substantive work at the committee level, and I also think it will speed up the process, um, our legislative process at the city level, just because they want to move fast, and um, mm -hmm. that'll kind of lend itself to that. I believe, uh, just recalling from work session, Mayor Watson was looking to take up discussion around that on just the nature of council committees at a retreat sometime later this quarter, I think in February with council. Yeah. So I think this is, this is big y'all because if it changed I me, mean, it, the, it, if I think as intended, the council committees were supposed to have more substantive power than they do. And that came up, I know it was some members of uh, council at the meeting If the nature of their authority changes that does impact every issue that ultimately goes towards council. So it's something we're watching for our clients and as in our business, but that is a very key distinction um, that could really shift things and how council operates substantive, substantively across every issue area um, early in the year. So, and then by, by virtue of that, who is on those committees as well, which I know is, all, which I mean, and I think that came up at, at the work session too, because again, if the committees have real power, you know, who's on what and why, obviously that, that changes the dynamics of things, which will be interesting to watch. Did they, I didn't catch, I know they council and message board council members had put forth their desired picks for which council, did they finalize that yet? Yeah. So they finalized it at the um, council meeting yesterday. Okay. Um, and so this council was definitely eager to serve on a lot of committees. So um, 
some some of them were having to uh, draw straws <laughs> kind of on, on the dais. And so there's a lot of um, eagerness among council to serve. And I thought that was great. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get that. We'll get the final list uh, posted once it's posted on the city site up on, our, on the show notes. Um, then moving on, I know also or on Monday, the Parks and, Rec- Parks and Recreation uh, Board met. Um, what key item there was the Zilker Park uh, vision plan. And you watched that one. Um, for those who don't know who aren't from Austin, Zilker Park, Zil- Zilker Metropolitan Park is the city's main like big downtown, well, south, of the, south of Town Lake, but is our main city park, right? It's where we have ACL Live. It's where we have the Trail of Lights and the Beyond Those Days. It's um, it's, it's one of the kind of key Austin views if you're, on, you're looking at Austin, Austin pictures on Instagram or your preferred social media. But what what happened to the meeting, Hannah? Yeah, so it was a, I think about four hours long. Um, it, it, uh, there was a lot of community members there to speak um, against the um, Zilker Park plan that's been proposed. Um, I believe only three people spoke in favor of it. And um, one of those people was the Zilker Hillside Theater because they, um, they've outgrown their space and they need to move to a bigger space. And so, you know, there was valid reason for that. But I think one of the biggest issues was the proposal of an umbrella nonprofit that would kind of manage the park that would include all of the park stakeholders. And one of the park stakeholders is um, Live Nation or Ticketmaster. You know, they mm-hmm. they absorb C3 and they now manage um, and kind of run Austin City Limits Festival, which is held at the park. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people believe that Austin City Limits the festival has outgrown Zilker. You know, it started when it initially started, there was 30,000 people attending. This past year, 415,000 attended. And so there's definitely kind of, I think, issues about, you know, have we outgrown the park? Why are we still doing that? We have to shut it down for the whole month of October. And then by the time it's ready to be open, um, the Trail of Lights shuts parts of it down. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a lot of, you know, the neighborhood people that live around it wanting it back. Um, and then additionally, there was issues about Barton Springs Road. Um, the, the plan um, proposes that Barton Springs Road be turned to one lane and parallel parking on the sides of it. Um, and so I think oh, there's wow. issues. Yeah, there's there's some issues, I think, um, related to transit. And I think that, you know, in that neighborhood, they probably shouldn't honestly make Barton Springs Road um, one lane because that'll just cause a lot of congestion going into Mopac. You Wait, know, one lane huge, or one way? one lane like one lane on both sides oh yeah right now it's two lanes right yeah um, yeah so i i definitely think that should be looked at just because that's a that could cause a lot of congestion that we already have um but i i do think one of the things i was noticing was it felt like this plan tried to balance um you know the business community the um people that want to protect the environment the city's um stake in it i think it tried to balance it all really really well but um, it didn't include everything. And I think that's, you know, a lot of people are mad that it didn't specifically serve the community. Um, you know, they're taking away a lot of green space and putting in um, little like well, a perspective anyway. Yeah, this is, this is what they're potentially doing. You know, that there's still like a whole year of voting and amendments that could be done. Um, and so I, I, I definitely think, you know, they're, kind of flipping Zilker Park on its face almost and kind of like changing a lot of things. And I think that's scary, but, uh, um, you know, change is good. And so definitely with more community engagement, which is something that they, uh, the Parks and Rec Committee has proposed, 
Um, and they'll be taking up another, they'll be calling another special meeting soon to kind of hammer out what exactly that'll look like. Um, more community engagement just to figure out, you know, like what exactly are these pain points that are really, really going to cause issues for the community? And what are things that are, are actually going to, you know, benefit a lot more people? And so um, there were some really, really good things in the plan too, you know, like park and rides. So that way um, not everybody is parking at the park and we don't I mean, have access to- access is a problem, right? right? It's just, it, you have to get there early in the morning. It's just, if you don't have- it, Assuming you have a car, right? Yeah, yeah. And so the plan proposed potentially three parking garages with one built initially, and then the two other ones kind of built if capacity is needed. And a lot of people were worried about that just because, you know, it's concrete. Why, you know, nobody wants to pour concrete on something that's supposed to be green space. Um, but I think that um, potentially a parking garage could solve some problems. However, I don't think that parking garage should be paid. And right now, the parking garage would be a pay to park type of thing mm -hmm. um so I mean, there's there's definitely some a lot more stuff that needs to be hammered out i think and so i think it's great that the city's coming back and saying like yeah let's hear some more community engagement people felt like they weren't heard you know let's talk about it so yeah. i think that's great and i'm excited to see what the plan will look like with more community engagement yeah and you know kind of wraps around the whole i mean we both have been in austin most of our lives and it's I, mean, I wouldn't say necessarily change is good. It's a change can be uncomfortable. And, yeah. but no matter what the change is, is happening. Right. And it's just, you know, you take your pick from, you know, the time you were in high school through college to, from, you know, we are about, well, I don't know, like a 15, 20 or 20 years, or 20 years spread between us and our age and like, just what's changed. Right. And it's got, it's just, it's our city's growing population's growing. And I think, you know, the public, this public process and ultimately we'll go to council you know, those, 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 uh, not say stop gaps, those, I mean, those, those processes ideally will filter out, provide at least the, the best, well, the, it won't be best everyone, right. But solution that's good for the city overall, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, or feasible for the city. I think it's, but that park, I mean, overall, if it's, you know, if we think about ideas of equity and inclusion, I view personally, you know, green space and access to that as, as something that, you know, we think of health, right? That's a big thing. We know that going down I-35, if you live east of I-35, historically, just li being born or living that part of town um, is probably going to change in the next few decades. But that that was historically the kind of black and brown part of town. And the health outcomes were just abysmal, just because by virtue of being one block, you know, one block off the highway, right? Or on one part of town versus West Austin. And, you know, park space, park equity is... Again, this is my view, but it is tied to as much as anything else about we think of health equity and it's, and it's access, right? It's a it's a it's a park for that, especially it's a local park. It's a park for the city. It's not a neighborhood park. I don't view that. It's not a neighborhood park. It's a it's a park for the city, and providing the best the city's best of their ability equitable access for folks who don't have cars and are ready transportation is is something that should be fundamentally included in, in whatever final decision comes out of that. Yeah, I right. Agree. I mean, we both live downtown. Like, it's not you know, I'm going off on that, but we live, live downtown. I could run there theoretically, right? I don't even need a car, Uber there. But just how are we ensuring access to like our main park, right? If when I think about what what makes Austin great, where where our city holds itself out to be, if 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 a park is if a green space can be accessed by anyone in the city, then I don't know personally. So yeah, yeah. It's my personal view though, but we'll see what it comes out. We're not we're not involved in working on this issue. Uh, currently, so we'll see, but yeah, that's right where we where I stand anyway.
Uh, well, right. Well, so council's next meeting will be next work session will be on Tuesday, February 7th. And the regular meeting will be on February 9th and get well underway. They're, the new next agenda, the next agenda hasn't been posted yet. We'll probably ha we'll likely have it up in our show next week. Hannah, any of your thoughts though, about uh, just the month with council so far and what lies ahead just going into this quarter? I definitely think they're going to move fast. Um, just based off of this first meeting, I think they're going to go, um, you know, pretty speedy through this whole year at least. Uh, and I'm excited to see what great policy comes out of it. Yeah. And I would say like their speed, it's, it's not just, they're not flying I me mean, for those who've been constant council watchers is it just to make it kind of clarify. It's not like they're just rubber stamping things. It's more just the procedure, which they're operating has changed. And we'll see in, in, the, in the next coming meetings. But if the, if yesterday was an indication, Mayor Watson's procedural ability and how he conducts the meetings is, is yielding faster results. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, there, there are several op opinion articles out there about other reasons why council should be moving fast, is moving faster or will likely move faster. Those are opinions we can't speculate on, but we do know procedurally, I think he made some moves yesterday that will by, by virtue of that, just, you know, shaves off minutes that add up. I know he, he, he says much, he, he does not want any meeting going past 10 o'clock. Which is pretty bold but considering again they started up and they started right at 10 got to it i mean they, they, they're, they're slated they're always their, their agenda starts at 10 but typically council would come in until like 10 30 yeah right and then it just everything you know everything adds up from there and then from the procedure everything else so you know for those for those of us who are council watchers professionally and they but even more so for the public right i mean i think this actually this this yeah, you know, we're, we're, we do this for a job, right? We're paid to do this stuff and watch council. But if you're a public citizen, again, one thing of access and for folks who can't afford uh, or, you know, work with people like ourselves, the ability to, you know, if you have to take time off from your, from work or go there after, after your, your job, um, being there till two in the morning on an item that's important while, you know, that's, this is, I think that there's a balance on that to me, right? It's, that's just kind of un unreasonable from my personal view. Yeah. To expect someone yeah. who's not, you know, they're not a civilian, if you will, to be that long. Yeah. No, and, and also can be used to get, you know, can be used as if you know you're going to have a lot of opposition, you can work to pop an item way later in the, in the night. We see that happen yeah. in the Capitol all the time. I, yeah, I was going to bring that up. I was like, that sounds Maybe like, like the last time until like 3 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. So, all right, enough of that. Y'all have a great week and or great weekend rather, and we'll we'll see you or talk to you rather next week. Thanks for listening to the show. Um, you can find more more content on the Bingham Group website at www.binghamgp.com, and also follow us on LinkedIn. We'll have all these links in the show notes. Thank you.